Welcome to Pioneering Today with me, Melissa K. Norris, where I inspire your faith and your pioneer roots. I show you how to grow your own food, heirloom gardening, how to preserve your food at home, and modern homesteading. Tune in every other Friday as I share proven strategies that anyone can do to live the pioneer lifestyle. Make sure to head over to melissaknorris.com and subscribe to receive free Pioneering Today articles and updates. Okay, guys, so today we're going to be talking about budgeting. Um, you know, I thought that we had a pretty good handle on our budget. Um, we try to save money in a lot of ways. We, you know, grow most of our own food, including um, our own laying hens. Um, we're raising two pigs right now. And we have raised our own homegrown grass-fed beef cattle um, for six years. So we, and then I have a, a huge garden um, and we have fruit trees and that kind of thing. And so as far as food goes, we're, um, we do a lot of things um, ourselves. And so I like to think that we're pretty self-sufficient in that aspect. But, I, you know, we do, I don't have um, a dairy source yet. We don't have a milk cow or goat. So, you know, cheese and milk and those kind of items were still purchased from the store. And of course, the vegetables don't that we grow, um, our growing season isn't year long. Uh, here in the Pacific Northwest, though I am working um, on trying to grow some of our food year long with an off grid greenhouse that we have put up this year. So we're, I'm going to see how that goes into the fall and winter months. But, you know, going back to school um, is always a time where you have extra um, funds coming out, buying back to school clothes, back to school supplies, um, and that kind of a thing. And we've kind of had one of those. Uh, I think springs and summers, I don't know about you guys, where it just seems that we had a, a lot of extra expenses coming out of our budget. Um, we had the brakes go out on my husband's truck that he drives back and forth to work. And so thankfully, we did. We do have a savings account. And so we were able to use the money from the savings account to pay for the brakes. But um, on a truck, when it's the brakes and the calipers and the rotors, <laughs> um, it's it, it was kind of expensive. So we had some different expenses like that, um, some some different medical bills um, and different things that came up that weren't normal. And so that's what the savings account is for, is for, um, you know, things that come up that you're not expecting. And so then you can pay them without having to put it on a credit card or whatnot. But I have to tell you, we've had, it seems like over the course of the past six months or so, so many of those unexpected things came up. And of course, you know, there was some extra purchases that have been made here and there. Um, we went on a seven day camping trip that was, um, really fun down to the Oregon coast, but you know, that was, um, gas alone was, <laughs> um, you know, close to $300 when you're pulling a trailer with, with a bigger truck with a diesel truck. So, um, you know, there was just some things and, and yes, we could have, you know, canceled that, but there are some things that we, um, you know, are willing to put the money out for to create memories and family time and that kind of a thing. So our vacations aren't glamorous <laughs> by any means. Um, we only, we went out for one meal and the rest of it was cooked at, um, the campgrounds. So, um, so our, our vacations usually consist of camping, but we had a lot of fun. So I have to say though, um, Every for the past six months, it seems that each month we've had to take money out of our savings account to pay off the bills every month. And so while that savings account is is there to help with unexpected um, expenses, when you get to the point where you look at your savings account and it's almost empty and you know that every month you've been relying on that to make ends meet and you haven't been able to put any money back into your savings account, 
Um, I don't know about you guys, but that kind of keeps me up at night. I mean, that makes my stomach clench and, um, you know, it causes a little bit of anxiety to be quite honest and it can cause, you know, friction, um, you know, when you're talking, you know, when you're dealing with finances and stuff, it can be, it can be a hard thing. So, so my husband and I had to take a realistic look at our budget, um, and we came to a couple conclusions. <laughs> One is we really weren't sticking to a budget. Um, we thought we were sticking to a budget, but we really weren't. So, um, you know, it, when it came down to it, we had I had needed to write it all out on paper again. And, you know, um, sometimes you have things come up, you know, like we had um, our power rates increased where we live. And so our power bill has been a little bit more than it usually has. Um, you know, there's there was a lot of littles that were... Um, adding up and eating away at our monthly budget that we weren't really realizing were there. And so my number one tip in creating a budget is to write down, don't go off of what you think your monthly payments are or your monthly bills are. You need to write them all down. Um, so some of them, like for us, some of our bills are every other month. Like our power bill comes and it's an every other month. They don't bill monthly. So I would suggest going back um, at two months and um, I actually went back for an entire year on our power bill and then divided that out, added it all up and then divided it by 12 to get an average to put that into um, our monthly budget. So put, write all your bills down, you know, go through, you know, your credit card statements, um, bank account, any automatic withdrawals that you have set up, go through all those and just write them all down. And then, um, and then, if you have some that are coming out or that fluctuate, then you're going to need to add them up for the prior past 12 months and then divide them by 12 to get a real view in a, of what you're going to be putting out or what your budget needs to be every month and be able to meet those. Now, so when I did this, um, I was actually really surprised because we had <laughs> we had more bills than I realized we did. Um, and that's partly because some of them come out every other month. Um, and when you see it out on paper, um, there's something about all of those written down that just gives you a little bit more perspective than what you might think in your head. So, um, you know, it's just, it's real um, common math. So I wrote down what our average um, monthly income is, um, you know, no bonuses or extra things like that. And then what our monthly expenses are. And then I did the math. And so whatever, what was left over, then I divided that out into four weeks. And I actually, um, I guesstimated our regular gas that we use in a month um, not when we're taking extra trips and that kind of a thing, but what we normally would use in a month. And I included both tithing and what we spend on gas in the monthly budget numbers. Um, I did not include groceries um, because groceries can vary so much depending on the season for us. So groceries is what um, is going to come out of the money that we have left over from week to week. So you know, and, and we told the, the kids, you know, that we were doing a budget and, and everything like that. Cause I think it's really important for your kids to understand, um, how to handle their finances. And when things aren't going good to kind of include them, not to make them worry, but to include them so that they're cognizant of asking for things and wanting to go and do things. Um, and so they know that if they do one thing, then that means they're not going to be able to do something else later on. So that it's always a choice with what, what you're spending your money on and what you're choosing to do. So I really wanted that lesson to go home with the kids. So we were, you know, upfront with them about the new budget. And so my husband and I decided that we were going to take out cash each week for the amount that we have for the week. Um, 
And I, you know, I thought about trying to just add up receipts and keep a good idea on that. But quite frankly, we haven't been doing so hot with that method. And if we take the cash out and we're only allowed to spend what we have, well, when it's gone for the week, it's gone for the week. Um, Because it's really easy to put something on a debit card and even a credit card and not keep track or lose a receipt or, you know, I don't bring a receipt home. He doesn't bring a receipt home, that kind of a thing. And so we just decided that the cash cash method was what we were going to do. So if there's any cash left over at the end of each week, then instead of adding that on to the next week, we're going to actually put that into our savings account. And so that way we can start to build our savings account back up. Um, And so this year, it was kind of interesting because we just have been doing this for um, two weeks, actually. And it came back to school time. And normally I would, you know, um, would go and purchase some new back to school clothes, go down, you know, shopping and that kind of a thing. But I honestly, I took a realistic look at what my kids already had. And we decided not to do a regular back-to-school shopping. Um, so for some of you, that might be the norm, and for some of you, it might not. So the um, so for all of my kids' back-to-school items that we purchased, and this included for two kids, my daughter, um, this is going to be her first year of school. So um, there, it was a, a backpack and a lunchbox, and then all of their school supplies that was on from the school that that, um, that they need to come with to have. Um, and then they each got one pair of new shoes, um, which was tennis shoes, which my son desperately needed his have holes in them, <laughs> but he's been wearing his sandals for the summer. So I just told him, you know, you can last a couple more. There's only one more week. You can make it last. So they each got a pair, one pair of shoes. Um, their coats from last year were absolutely in great shape. So there was no need to buy new coats. Um, and so they each, I purchased, um, one pair of pants actually, and then um, two shirts. So for both the kids, we spent, um, with the shoes and all the school supplies, backpacks, all of that kind of stuff, um, and new underwear. <laughs> it's amazing what you realize, um, the kids need. So all of our back to school purchases were, um, $120 for two kids for everything. And so I actually, um, I wish it had been lower, but I was actually really proud of that because normally I would go and at least get the kids a couple new outfits. But when I went through their clothes, I realized that they didn't really need any new outfits. Um, they each had pants that were in fine shape, um, you know, and shirts and everything. And I actually had, um, and this is a tip that I would encourage you, if you're on a budget and you have kids, which, you know, mine are growing, a lot of times they don't even get to wear their um, clothes out because they are still growing so fast. Um, and that's why I try to buy everything either at a consignment or thrift store or when I do purchase new, then I wait until the end of the current season and I buy for the following year. So I actually had, um, when I went through my, my son's closet, I had put up from last spring, I had bought out um, on some clearance closeout sales. I had gotten him um, pants and some shirts. And so he actually had almost an entire new wardrobe um, between that and then this spring, I also went to some thrift stores and they kind of were doing the same thing. They were clearancing their pants out. Um, and so I got him, you know, almost brand new jeans. I think they were only like $5 and sometimes you can find them less. Um, that was, these happened to be in really good shape. And so almost all my children's, um, coats, and that kind of thing. I always buy them at the end of the season for the following year. And so I've never bought their coats, um, hats or anything like that full price. So this is also a great time to purchase 
if you have the extra money and you've budgeted it in. So for our weekly cash that we have, that has to, that's for groceries, any kind of entertainment, um, gifts. So we had um, three birthday parties so um, that my kids were going to. And so we had three different gifts to buy. So when you realize that you just have that much cash for the week, it really makes you prioritize too um, what you're going to be purchasing, which is one thing that I noticed, um, which was really good because there were some things that I would have purchased prior. And then when I was really looking, I'm like, no, we don't actually need that. So uh, creating a budget is really going to make you cognizant more of your spending, especially when you have the cash and you're realizing, okay, I'm, I'm choosing between this and that. So, um, for with, so right now you have all of the summer clothes are going on clearance. So for next year, um, I always buy a, usually a size ahead. Um, and I always try to buy their coats. If I'm going between two sizes, I always buy the bigger size that, that they will grow into it. Um, but right now is a great time to get um, sandals for next year, tank tops, shorts, swimsuits, all that kind of stuff. You can get really good on clearances right now. You know, I'm talking like $2 a lot of times for brand new items. So that's something that I always try to do is I always shop the clearance racks and I try to shop for the year ahead. And not only does that actually save us money and it really helps with sticking to the budget, but it's also a great tip for being prepared um, because for preparedness wise, you know, what if you couldn't get to the groceries, excuse me, well, the grocery store too, <laughs> but what if you couldn't get to clothing stores? Um, most of us don't have the means to make our own fabric. Um, you know, you can get hides if you're a hunter and that kind of a thing. But realistically, um, you know, a lot of us don't have the way to get material if something happened to make and sewing skills aren't something that they used to be. You know, a lot of us, if we had to sew over our own clothes, um, we'd be looking pretty funny. <laughs> Because um, we wouldn't be looking like we were wearing designer duds or anything. Um, I know that uh, my mom is a, a good seamstress. And when I was little, she used to sew almost all of my clothes, which at the time I didn't like, but now I love. And so um, I, you know, I quilt and I can crochet and I can, I can do basic mending and straight lines and sew curtains and that kind of a thing. But when it comes to clothes, uh, there's definitely a learning curve. I decided I was going to make my daughter um, a dress when she was two because I wanted her to have a dress and I wanted pictures in it, um, like a memento thing. My mom had done the same thing with me and I just decided that I, I wanted to make her a piece of clothing all on my own. Well, so I had a pattern um, because, you know, back then they didn't, back in the old days, didn't have patterns, but now we can get patterns. And I recommend if you get patterns to save the patterns um, to use or to pass down. You never know when you're going to need them. But so I had the pattern and I thought that I was following the pattern pretty well. Um, and it, it included putting in a zipper, which is a definite skill um, for sewing. And it has some buttons. And so I, I was cutting everything out and I was following the pattern for the size. And when I had purchased the stuff to make the dress on the pattern, it has the notations on what you're going to need to be able to complete it. And it didn't have any fabric lining. Um, but the material that I chose was um, sturdy enough and thick enough that it didn't really need a lining underneath it. And it was a sleeveless summer dress anyways. So <laughs> I have all the material cut out um, and I was pinning it all together following the instructions. And this was the first time I had actually used a pattern um, that I had done garment sewing. And so <laughs> I'm following the instructions and there were some pieces that I had cut out that just didn't make any sense. And so I just kind of put them to the side and I had the basic structure of the dress and it's all pinned together. And then I get to the part on the pattern and it says to attach the lining, to pin the lining on. 
But there was no lining in the pattern. It didn't call for me to purchase any lining. And so I am, I'm looking through this thing and I'm just, I'm getting really irritated. And so thankfully my mom lives up the road for me. And so I called her and I said, can you come down here? This pattern, there, there's something wrong with this pattern. It has to be the pattern. <laughs> so, so she comes down to my rescue, thankfully. And she's looking at it and she sees a pile of discarded fabric over on the side of the table. And she says, well, what's that? And I said, well, I don't know. It told me to cut it out, but it didn't really make sense when I was pinning it together. Well, that was the lining. You used the fabric <laughs> that you already had, not special lining fabric. And that was the lining that you put on the dress. So thankfully, my mom had sewn <laughs> enough and had a little more patience and knowledge than me Um that you, when it tells you to cut something out, um, there's a reason for it, even if you don't think it makes sense right at the time. So she thankfully helped me with the zipper, putting the zipper in and and finishing the dress. And it turned out just darling. Um, but it really made me appreciate um, how hard it would be if I had to sew all of our own clothing. Um, and so I really take a new appreciation now when we're purchasing clothing um, and I try to buy clothes, you know, look at the seam and, and the type of fabric and that kind of a thing that's going to last longer through more washes and through more wears. So for staying on a budget, especially at back to school time, um, those are my tips to get you always thinking of shopping ahead for both preparedness and money wise. Um, and then another thing about us creating the budget is I really wanted to, especially the first month, um, was to not only get ourselves back on track, but I my goal is to really have some money left over at the end of the month so that we can start to build up our savings account. And so I decided that I was going to try and not buy groceries or at least as little groceries as possible, which this time of year honestly should be pretty easy for us because I've got the, you know, the garden harvest is coming on strong right now. Um, you know, we have apples coming on as far as, you know, fresh fruit for, for snacking and putting up, um, the blackberries are starting to ripen and then all of my summer squash is on, the green beans are on, my shelled beans are starting to come on, the tomatoes are coming on, the peppers are coming on, um, beets are getting ready to harvest, um, you know, lettuce is growing. So really, and the chickens are laying great. It's summertime, so they're still laying. And then we have in the freezer, we have still our, um, a lot of the beef. Um, we have the pigs that won't be ready to butcher until October. So I don't actually have pork yet, but we have fish and then the chickens we raised ourselves for some meat birds. Um, we raised and butchered 10 meat birds, um, this spring. So I have about, I think six left in the freezer. So really not purchasing groceries should be really quite easily for us. Um, we, I grind our own flour at home and I have a 35 pound bag of spelt wheat berries right now. Um, and so for any of this that I'm mentioning here, you guys can all check out, I have tutorials how to do it on melissakanorris.com. So if you go to melissakanorris.com and click on the podcast button and go down to episode 36, um, creating and sticking to a budget, then in the resource section of this, then you'll get to, um, I will link to how to raise your own meat birds, how to grind, how to choose and grind your own flour at home. Um, and all of these things that I'm talking about. So if, this, if those are things that you'd like and like to look into doing for yourself or more about, then you can always check those out in the resource sections. And then I also have started um, a couple weeks ago, we started doing the transcriptions of the show. So if you need want to go back and read anything, that kind of thing, then you have that available to you as well. Um, and so I thought that not going to the grocery, you know, I'm like, okay, let's see how long we can do this. And it's been pretty interesting. So it's been um, two weeks 
And the only thing that we've gotten from the store has been um, one thing of cheese and one thing of milk, actually. I was thinking back, making sure I was right. Oh, and one thing of lettuce, because my lettuce at home, my, my um, crop isn't all the way quite in yet. So we did get a little bit of lettuce. So I was actually really proud of that. And the kids haven't noticed a difference so far in what we've been eating. Um, and it really made me too, because my, my goal is to have a large food storage built up at home. And so we do, I do a lot of canning, um, dehydrating and freezing of food as it's on in season. But you know, I've never really pushed to see how far we could go on our food storage that we have at home. And of course, you know, some of the items as they get too low, you know, we'll need to replenish them. But I actually, so my goal is to not get anything from the store for at least another two weeks. I would like to do a whole month. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes um, as, as things get a little bit closer to the deadline. And if I could go even further, that would be fantastic. And so um, we'll be having some more posts and things on this coming up on how, you know, we're sticking to it and how we're doing it and things that I'm discovering. But I have to say that the, what's been really nice is, so I've really had to look at um, what is coming on and what I can make from that and what I can make. And so instead of going, you know, onto Pinterest, which I do love, (laughs) Or, you know, thumbing through cookbooks and that kind of a thing on what I would like to eat for that day. I'm having to go through the ingredients that we have on hand and deciding what I can make from what we have. So it's taken a little bit more time, um, but not a huge amount. I, actually, not as much as I thought that it would. And so we've I've been doing some meal planning um, because a lot of times on the days that I work, I still work outside the home as a pharmacy technician in a neighboring town. Um so on work days, a lot of times by the time I get home, um, it's almost seven o'clock at night actually. And so if I don't have something in the slow cooker for dinner or leftovers, um, I usually end up getting, pulling something out of the freezer or, you know, throwing something on that's, that's just easy and quick and not necessarily something that we've prepared from scratch. And so even though I do purchase and use some healthy processed kind of an oxymoron there, healthy processed foods. Um, but there's some organic items and stuff that I use that I don't have to cook from scratch or some frozen dinners and that kind of a thing. But it's really made me plan it out. Um, and so I know on the days off that I'm, it's a priority to really cook something that I can make several meals from or that I'm going to have leftovers the next day or that I can plan and have a meal in the slow cooker for when we get home. And so I've also been making sure that I pack all of our food um, to work for both me and my husband. And then of course, you know, with the kids. So, um, I've gotten, I've gotten more creative and better, but it's been really fun because I've tried some new recipes, um, because of the ingredients I had on hand, I've, you know, needed to come up with some new ways to cook it. For example, um, our zucchini right now is just going crazy, which is awesome. And most people will experience that with zucchini plants. (laughs) They're a very prolific, great little plant. And so we had um, zucchini and we had, when we went camping, we thought we had picked all of the zucchini that would be coming on, but one of them we missed. And so when we got home, it was huge, you guys. It was like bigger than a baseball bat, just this huge thing. And so actually when I went to cut it up, um, it was too big to grill with and really too big to even stuff because it was just so huge. So when I cut it up, I had to cut out the center because it was too many large seeds, which are great for seed saving. Um if you want to save seeds on your squash, then you want to actually let it get overripe and really big and mature like that because that's how you get the large seeds. 
um, and the seeds are developed enough that you can plant with them the following year. So I cut out the center section with the seeds and that was really soft. And then I grated the rest up for, for to make in some recipes. And so guess how many cups of grated zucchini I got off of one zucchini? 15, 15 cups <laughs> of grated zucchini from one zucchini. So that, I was actually pretty excited about that. So now when I grate my zucchini, I freeze a lot of it to use up in future recipes. And when I grate and freeze my zucchini, I do not blanch it. I just put it in the freezer um, as is, and I don't have a problem with that. There's some vegetables that you do need to blanch before you freeze, but zucchini isn't really one of them. So I portioned it up into two and three cup portions because some of my recipes call for a little bit different that, and then put them in, use the um, vacuum sealer, our food saver, and put them, label them and put them in the freezer. So I was really excited about that, but um, we also got one of the veggie spiralizers and that was really fun. So I used a couple of the zucchinis to make spaghetti. So we had our beef and tomatoes um, sauce and that kind of stuff already in the pantry. So that was really easy for me to do. And it was the first time doing the zucchini noodles. And so you put them in the spiralizer and I will link in the show notes to the spiralizer that we got because I really like it. Um, and you put it in there and you, you put it through and it spiralizes them out. And then I just lightly steamed ours for just just a few minutes. So they were still not full on raw, crunchy, but not really all the way cooked because I didn't want them to get mushy. And then we had those with spaghetti. And it was really interesting because my son, my little picky eater boy, is nine. And he doesn't think that he likes vegetables that much, especially zucchini. So I just put the, <laughs> I just covered the zucchini noodles with the sauce and didn't really tell him and just let him take a couple bites till he could see what it was. And he liked it and he ate the entire thing and asked for a second. So I was really excited about that. And then another recipe that I ended up trying um, because I had so much zucchini. So a lot of our dinners have been, um, that has been the the star of the meal, so to speak, is zucchini. And of course I have, um, you know, uh, double chocolate zucchini bread recipe. And so I've been making a lot of different muffins. I made some zucchini blueberry muffins and um, I'll link to those, all those recipes in the show notes for you. And so those have been for breakfast and snacks and that kind of a thing, um, which has been kind of nice because actually they're, they're already ready, you know, they're, they're cooked and ready to go. And then I just grab them as we're going out the door. Um, so that's been actually a time saver in the morning is having it done. It's, it's kind of more the prep work beforehand, but it's been a nice benefit. And so the other recipe that we did with zucchini that I was really fun was I did the zucchini pizza crust. And I have to tell you, it was good. Like, so this is kind of funny, you know, now I don't know about you guys, but if there's only a few items left, not enough for the whole family to eat the next night for dinner and leftovers, then that's what my husband and I take for lunch. And so we had some other odd and end lunch things. And so I had wrapped up the very last piece of this zucchini pizza and I had kind of tucked it into a part of the fridge that I didn't think he would see when he was leaving for work in the morning because he leaves before I do. <laughs> and I really wanted that last piece of zucchini crust pizza. It was really good. And so I get up in the morning and, you know, I'm getting ready for work and I'm pulling my lunch out and he took it. He totally ferreted it out and took it. And so I was just laughing because I'm like, yeah, it was that good. We were actually kind of fighting over the last piece. Not really fighting, but you get what I mean. So um, I will share that recipe. It's not my own. Um, I found it on Pinterest, but it was really good. So it takes eight cups of zucchini. And that's because zucchini has so much water in it. Um, and you end up squeezing it out. So you'll need one of those mammoth zucchinis or a couple of them anyways to get that amount. And so you grate it up and let it sit with a little bit of salt on it. 
and then you squeeze it all out and then you mix in your other ingredients. And so it did call for a little bit of flour, which I use spelt flour. If you're gluten-free, um, then you could use um, some kind of gluten-free flour, probably a, a smaller amount of the coconut flour or some almond flour um, or even cornmeal. You know what? I think cornmeal would be really good, actually. Ooh, I might be trying that out next. Um, and so and there has some grated cheese in it, um, an egg, and then some garlic and onions. And so the crust itself, I'm telling you, is just awesome. And so then I put on top was um, some tomato sauce. I didn't have any pizza sauce and I wasn't going to go to the store. So I just used um, some tomato sauce spread on top grated up cheese. And then, um, we had had tacos and I had some taco meat left over. And so I put taco meat on it and then some fresh tomatoes from the garden. So that was, um, the pizza and it was really good. And it was an excellent way to use up so much of the zucchini. And, you know, normally I probably wouldn't have made the recipe, um, if I had just been looking at it because, you know, I probably just done a traditional crust, but I had so much zucchini and I knew that I needed to use that in our meal, um, in order to, you know, stretch the budget and not have to go to the store. And so I've actually really been enjoying it because I've been trying new recipes and I've been thinking, um, you know, about a little bit different about ways to use it. And I also haven't, I don't know about you guys, but I hate throwing in letting any food go bad or to waste or you go through the fridge and you realize something's a little bit too old and you end up throwing it out, which ours goes to the composter. Actually, it all goes to the pigs right now. Um, but it's really um, because we're not eating out at all and we're not um, using anything processed, it's, it's really making us use all of the food that I prepare and that we have in the fridge so that none of it goes bad. And so it's actually been a great exercise. Um, and I know I'm just at the beginning. It's only going into two weeks. So it's probably... Um, I might not have hit the struggle point yet, which I will totally keep you updated um, and sharing on that as we go. And so I also wanted to get to our reader question of the week. And I had a reader um, ask me if you are canning um, half pints in the pressure canner, can you stack them and do a, a run where you have your jars are layered? And so the answer to that is you can do it only if you have a rack that separates the bottom layer of canning jars from the top layer of canning jars. You can't put canning jars directly on top of each other because the heat can't circulate in between them and you can't ensure that all of the food is going to get hot enough to be safe. So you can stack layers, um, not in a water bath canner, but in a pressure canner. You can, but only if obviously there's enough room to do so and you have a rack that's going to be separating them. Um, so you can, you just need to make sure that you're using the rack. So I hope you have enjoyed this episode. And if you have any tips for creating and sticking to a budget and saving money, I would love to hear them and share them with um, the listeners. And I also, if you're looking for more budget ideas, you are going to want to listen to the Phenomenal Mom, who's another co-host over at Survival Mom Radio. And I will link to her show, which she has one all about um, back to school supplies on a budget. And she has some great tips that um, I didn't mention for finding your back to school items. So I will provide that in the show resource notes for you guys. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to Pioneering Today. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes and make sure to head over to melissaknorris.com to subscribe for free modern homesteading updates to help you live the simple life.